Hello, welcome to our broadcast today here at Faith Builder. My name is Scott Phillips, and it is our desire that you would be blessed by what we share today. Over the next few months, uh, we'll share things I have seen and been pondering about the Word of God, as well as uh, guests, friends, and people that uh, come across my path and I enjoy talking to about the Word of God. So sit back, enjoy it, and if this podcast blesses you, I encourage you to uh, subscribe, to give us a good rating, and to share it with your friends. God bless you. We pray that your faith is built today on Faith Builder. Welcome. My name is Scott Phillips, and uh, this is Taylor Fish. I pastor here at Spring Ridge Pentecostal Church, and I am an evangelist here at Spring Ridge Pentecostal Church this weekend. So this glad week, to be here. absolutely. And uh, Brother Taylor and I met him a number of years ago. He was preaching for a neighboring pastor. Had the opportunity to meet him. Invited him to come preach for us, and and uh, we just synced because we love the Word of God. Love talking about the Word of absolutely. God, things of God. And so we just thought we would invite you into our conversation. We may do a few of these. And so if you if this blesses you, uh, share it. It may really help somebody who has the questions we may answer today. So, Brother Taylor, I want to ask you a question. Uh, looking back as a young man, what was the pivotal moment that, that you kind of point to, the reason why you're still living for God and... Uh, what what produced a ministry in your life? Well, we all have uh, we all have. Mo- I don't think it's one certain moment that um, that shifted me to a certain direction. There were many moments uh, coming from a home church um, there in Silsby, led by Bishop White and Pastor Ben White. Um, there was always monument moments in our services. Sure. And, Sure. Uh, there was always great moves of God, uh, deep conviction preaching. Uh, but I I do remember um, I do remember whenever I decided that um, I was I was going to take ownership and I was going to uh, I was going to make the I, I was going to make you know a walk with God something that I was going to do. It wasn't going to be my... It was a priority. It wasn't going to be my parents' right. church. It wasn't going to be right. my bishop's church. But I was going to take ownership. So if you were going to point to one thing that you did during that time, what would you say there was the one thing that you did that kind of laid the path for that, that you had your own walk with God and took ownership? Well, uh, you, probably, you probably heard me talk about it and... Some that are watching, if you heard me preach, you probably heard me talk about it because it's kind of my story. But I um, grew up in grew up in kind of a crazy home, um, a lot of crazy things. But anyway, I remember feeling a call of God at a really young age. Um, I look back, I remember 14, 15 years old, uh, really feeling the call, knowing it was the call. But looking back now, I, I know it was... Even before that, you know, at youth camp altars, I got the Holy Ghost when I was eight, and uh, went to, went to youth camp my first year, 
then and every year after that and looking back I know God was you know right God was calling me but um, I'll never forget you know just kind of having having this dream um, this hope this this longing to do something for God and all these reasons in my head why it couldn't happen uh, whether it was family issues whether it was um, parents that uh, are one of my parents that was a was an addict a lot of different things sure um, bottom line is one day I was at we were at our home church and I don't remember what was preached but I remember one night Bishop White made the statement he said if you're going to be used of God you know if you're gonna if you're gonna pursue this thing that we call ministry he said uh, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to build yourself a prayer closet you're gonna have to have a prayer closet and uh, he was preaching on prayer and getting along with God but um, in my mind you know he's preaching from Matthew 6 6 you know right. go to the closet right shut the door mm-hmm. you know when you pray to the father and seek it he'll reward you openly well bottom line is I took that literal and I had no idea that you know right the Lord was basically saying get along with me and shut the world out you know I thought you know I better go to the closet mm-hmm. and I better clean it out I cleaned right. all my clothes out set them on my bed I should have right shared a uh, room with my brother at that time and he probably thought I was crazy but I remember remember getting alone in there and you know that's where my prayer that's where my prayer life began and so you would say that's where you began to take responsibility and you felt a greater sense of connection I went to after the it, it that's the bottom line is I went after it you know that I can look back and um, there were probably five young men in my youth group that I was very close to just kind of us well, I mean we we roomed together on youth trips. We stayed the night at each other's house. Mm-hmm. We played ball together. And bottom line is we got an altar and we cried together, mm-hmm. you know. And all of us, you know, we talked about being used to God and doing something for God. But uh, it's one thing to talk about something. It's another thing to go after it. And right. That's what, I, that's, that's what I did. I just went after it. And uh, I really, to this day, I, I believed it. That pursuit changes everything. When you at some point, you gotta just quit talking about it, and, right. and you gotta go after it. You gotta right. do it, right. you know. And uh, so, I, h- how long have you been uh, evangelizing, preaching out from your home church? And well, um, I preached out my uh, I preached out my first time in Burleson, Texas. Um, I was nineteen years old. And um, I'm I'm 29 now, so 10 years ago, I preached out my first time for in Burleson, Texas, for Pastor Doyle Doyle Cressman, and uh, great great man of God, great friend of mine, pastors there, uh, and um, he invited me to come do a youth revival. Kind of a funny story. I'm glad you asked me this. Uh, he he called me and asked me to come, and you know I I connected him with. Bishop White and had him ask me, you know, had him uh, contact him. I had never been anywhere. I right. I had never preached outside of my home church, and uh, he said, you know, there's gonna be three different speakers. We want you to speak this one night, yeah. and um, I think I was the the Friday speaker. Or whatever. I think it was like a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Friday, Saturday, Sunday, something like that. Well, anyway, I was one of the speakers, and he called Bishop White, and Bishop called me in the office that next night. 
and uh, it was it was pretty awesome. So I I walked in there, and uh, Bishop White says, said, son, I just got a call. I said, you did? He said, yeah. And uh, he said, "What are you doing telling people you're evangelizing?" And I said, "I'm not evangelizing. You know, I didn't. I didn't say that. You right. know." And he goes, "Well, I got a call, and uh, this pastor says that he thinks you're ready to come preach for him." And uh-huh. bottom line is, is I had spent some. You know, I was really good friends with his son Cullen, okay. and um, I had spent several summers with Cullen. Spent okay. a lot of time at their church. Right. Well, anyway, so. Bishop White's like, you are not already. He's like, you can't even preach. You know, he's like, <laughs> he's, he's like, you can't even preach. What? Do you, how do you think you're gonna go preach somewhere else? You know. Yeah. And uh, anyway, man, by the end of it, I mean, he really just, he was really tough on me, uh, which I needed it. Yeah. You know, I really needed it. I, I couldn't, I couldn't have had a pastor that was any other way and uh, made it. Right. You know, there's no way, right. man. And. Uh, Anyway, I left that meeting knowing there's no way I'm going, you know. I need to call Brother Crestman and just Uh, cancel everything. Right. Anyway, that next, um, it was like the next day or a couple days later, Bishop White calls me. And he said, how you doing, son? And I said, I'm I'm all right, Bishop. I'm doing well. Uh, You know, we'd already had a service before then. I was still in the altar, still praying like nothing had happened. Right. And he said, you know, uh, I told you you couldn't go, but. I think I think you can go ahead and go to that. He said, "I think I think you're you'll be all right." He said he assured me it was just the one service, including the youth revival. You're right. not gonna have to carry the whole thing. Right. And uh, bottom line is, I really think he was testing my spirit. You yeah. know, to see so see you, how I'd respond. So Taking note. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, there's a lot of times that uh, which kind of you said that kind of just triggered something. There's a lot of times we get no's from a lot of different things yeah. and how we treat that. Right. May depend on the next door that opens or may depend Absolutely. on our development. I've seen a lot of guys, man, that they got to know, not not just from a pastor, but maybe they got to know from God or they got to know from something else. And, right. Man, they're, they're upset and, you know, I guess I'm not even called anymore. You know, they just quit pursuing. Yeah, so. you know, how you handle a no is probably more uh, more uh, a test of who you are as opposed to how you handle a yes. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah. But since then, um, I mean, we, uh, me and my wife, we youth, we youth pastor. I say me and my wife. First, I, I started youth pastoring around that same time at 19 mm-hmm. and uh, did it for a few years. Then me and my wife got married. And total time that we, uh, we youth pastor was about six and a half years there at my home church, which was a huge honor to get to youth right. pastor at your home, at church. Your home church. I was in that that's youth that, group. This says a lot for, for you taking ownership because uh, that's, you know, some people, what does the Bible say? A prophet is not without honor saving their own country. And sometimes because they got to leave to get any respect. Well, and you know, the, the beauty of all of that is, you know, I had a, you know, when, when Jesus, you're talking about, in Matthew, I think it's 13, whenever that happens. Um, and they're all questioning mm. Jesus, saying, we, you know, we know who his family is. We right. know who. Right. The beauty with me is my man of God knew who my family was. And, you know, the leaders in my church and the people that poured into me knew who my leader uh, who my uh who my family was and they knew who my brothers were man i've got i've got a brother in prison today i've got man i have messed up family on every side but um 
I think because I was just went after it. You know, I made a lot of mistakes, mm-hmm. did a lot of things wrong, mm-hmm. but um, if there's something I did right, I, I feel like I I just tried not to ever take the foot off the gas as far as chasing after God, the things of God, ministry. Right. Uh, well, the bottom line is my observation. If someone has a passion, that can be directed. If a person that has passion is willing to be corrected, they're, the, the sky's the limit. But... You know, someone can you know have you know good a good heart but no drive. You know, you can't direct an an an, an immovable object, but something that is moving that will respond to direction. You know, where that thing can go is you know up to God. But some people, you know, they just never they never get it in drive. They never start moving or praying or you know. Uh, my observation is a lot of people say, well, if I had this opportunity, I would do this. But what are you doing where you are? Yeah. You know, they say, well, I want to win souls. Well, what's stopping you? Well, and, you know, going back to what I was saying, you know, we, that scripture talked about Jesus. That was like the only day he couldn't do a miracle, right? Because they basically tied his hands, you right. know. Uh, saying, I know this, they were just so familiar with him. But where I was brought up, really what I had going for me is even though everybody was so familiar, they still pushed me and they didn't lock me down like that. You right. know, they. There was faith. They, ask, they believed. Ask, in oh you. my goodness, yes. And I mean, I remember walking out of the pulpit, you know, preaching at like 15 years old, not knowing a lick of anything I just said and knowing nobody else knew either uh-huh. <laughs> and you know elders just grabbing a hold of me yeah. you know and just shaking love me is saying, a powerful thing absolutely saying you just you, you know, know you just changed our lives sometimes you, know? you hear people you know they have bad they've experienced some negative things around church and religious people and uh, you know my observation is you know in every group there are bad apples there are people with bad attitude bad motives etc etc but my experience around the church you know the best people in the whole world are faithful church people the ones that are there praying those that are given when when the weather's the worst they're there early pillars. When, when you know they're pillars. The pillars and those sorts of people are what define the church for me. I'm not defining the church by the lowest common denominator. And and within that, within that realm of faithful, God-loving people, it, right there in the middle of it are, are people of ministry. You know, not, you know, you got uh, assistant pastors and people that teach Sunday school and people that encourage the pastor and the pastor. And, and, and these are some of the, the most wonderful people that I've been around. And I think that if, if you know if there's a reason why I'm living for God, of course you know I had I had people that uh, corrected me <laughs> yeah. and loved me and encouraged me. And uh, I think that, that I think that's the key is if you're a young person, you know you have to you have to be willing to be told no, to be willing to allow somebody to correct you and have a humble attitude and take it yeah. in stride. But, you know, the church that we do have responsibility to love our young people, our children, uh, you know, the, the people that are around our church, that they have potential. You may not see it, but but God can do something with, with anybody. doesn't matter who their family is or their brother is. You know, you, you don't need to 
stigmatize someone because of someone they're connected to. Well, I'll tell you this. Um, one thing I'd like to say is, you know, I, I did get told no on a lot of things. I did. But I also did get a lot of yeses as well. And um, this may be a little bit off subject, but I just kind of felt to go this route because I don't know who's listening, but um, I go a lot of places where, you know, there's young ministers there in the church. And um, I go a lot of places where, you know, pastors are trying to develop different people or different ministries within the church, different young ministers, up-and-coming, whatever you want to call it, different leaders. But uh, I was really blessed because, man, I've um, it was like inside of our inside our church. I mean, everybody knew who bishop and pastor were, you know. But uh, bishop and pastor, they they didn't feel so threatened that they wouldn't allow someone else right. to minister. They wouldn't allow somebody else right. have a chance. I mean. Um, my first, some of my first times getting preaching, getting to preach. My my bishop had something. He still does this from time to time to this day. I mean, it switches up depending on different seasons of the church and things uh-huh. like that. Um, he'd have a ten minute slot on a Sunday morning, you know. And at that time, I think there was like like seven of us young ministers coming uh-huh. up or something right. like that. At this point, I was the youngest and. Um, We'd have a 10-minute slot. You know, sometimes it'd be before his teaching. Sometimes it'd be after his teaching. But he'd make sure and give us both to where either we're leading it into a worship service right. or we're leading it into a final altar call. Or right. We just had opportunities, you know. Right. And I, to me, I mean, let me tell you something. When I, knew, when I found out I was preaching Sunday morning uh, at my home church, yeah. man, I was preparing for that like, like I was preparing for general conference, right, you know what I mean? Right. Like the biggest event that you can think of, you know, right. that that's that was it. That right. was a, and man, I I'd stay up all night praying and yeah. in the word and just right. trying to hear the voice of God, you right. know, and uh I'm just man, I'm so thankful. I I was I'm telling you, I am where I am. I, I really feel like I am where I am today because where God planted me. Right. You know, he didn't have to God could have planted me anywhere in the right, world, but right. He chose to put me in little old Silsby Town. And right. the bottom line is, it was amongst leaders that, you know, wanted to grow me. And right. um, I think that's such, such an important thing as, as ministers is, you know, allowing others mm-hmm. room to grow. Because right. if it wasn't for that, I definitely wouldn't be doing anything sure. in the kingdom right now. You know, I've seen guys, man, solid guys, and. Obviously, as an evangelist coming in, you don't always know the backstory of what's going on in people's lives. But I've seen guys that I was like, man, you know, if it'd be awesome if they had, you know, had a little chance to, to do something in the church. Right. And a lot of times they just don't, you know. Right. Right. And uh, it's for different reasons, whether it be insecurities on one or the other sides, you know. Mm. But I'm thankful that I was placed where I was because I had people that believed in me. And really, man... Uh, you talk about sink or swim. I mean, I remember, I remember when I first, uh, I was singing, I was singing uh, tenor in our at our home church, and um, I'll never forget the the worship leader ended up leaving our church for something, and I don't even know what the deal was, but 
Uh, long story short, Bishop Bishop White called me in on a Sunday night, and Sunday night in Silsby is like the service, man. Right. I mean, Sunday night. Right. If it's gonna happen, uh, it's gonna happen on Sunday night. You right. Know? Well, long story short, he calls me and says, "Hey, our worship leader, you know, he's he's not here. You're the worship leader." And I, I mean, it was my first time, you know. Uh, doing anything without any type of notes or anything, right. and but you know what, I got pushed into that and something developed, you right. know. And I mean, I lead worship to this day, you right. know. But right. it happened because somebody said, you know what, there's a void here. Let me push somebody into it. Right. You know, a lot of times I've seen where people um, people are like, man, I need this in my church, or mm-hmm. man, I need and. I'm speaking from an evangelist perspective right, and right. someone that got pushed in, right. not from a pastor's perspective right. that has to make the decision. Right. Okay, sure, so, sure. But I'm saying I've seen, uh, I've seen guys, you know, wanting to find somebody from the outside when uh, really they've got people right. on their pews that right. need they got to learn. Yeah, yeah. That, that could be pushed in, you know. Right. Right. And uh, that might be a little bit off subject, but. I I know I'm I am where I am because I got pushed out, man. And uh, right. still to, and still this day, man, it it allows me. So we see it. We see a lot of miracles in our travels, and um, that being pushed out and having to just step out, mm-hmm. it's kind of translating into some other areas of my life to right. where. Well, there's a spiritual principle of. The stretch, the yeah, reach, absolutely. The, you know, stepping you know, into what you're uncomfortable doing, absolutely. You know, I think that uh, I think all of us are uh, probably hinder God's work in our life because we resist the stretch, we resist the uncomfortable. There's miracles in the stretch. And the miracle is in the stretch. I'm sure you've preached it. Probably <laughs> most of us have. Yes, Jesus yes. said, "Stretch forth thy withered hand." Come on, somebody. <laughs> you know, I had a lady call me one time, and uh, you know, she'd been coming to the church for a while, and she's really quiet, timid lady. And I mean, couldn't be more quiet, couldn't be more timid, almost invisible lady. And uh, she called me, and she said, "Pastor, I, I dreamed that I was speaking in tongues." And I was like, she said, does that mean I got the Holy Ghost? I said, no, that means you're going to get the Holy Ghost. I said, the next service, when the when the Spirit of the Lord is moving, you just need to step out. And that service, I preached about a miracle is in the reach. And you, you just got you got to stretch yourself. You got to step out from where you are, stop what you're doing, and, and engage God. And so at the service, without an altar call, she got up and she walked toward the pulpit, which was so uh, not not yeah, her, yeah, yeah, yeah. And literally, as she uh, she approached, it's like I could see the spirit of the Lord just just like descend from heaven like a dove, and it just it just rested on her, and she just just so gently and gracefully raised her hands, and she just started speaking in tongues. Yeah, and uh, and and I think Good that stuff. I think a lot of people want God to just pour it out on them. Yeah. But most of God's blessings happen when an individual, you know, will take responsibility. You know, I got to have a walk with God for myself. Faith Builder. 
Faith is the building block upon which everything else in our life grows. Do you believe in Jesus Christ? Awesome. He is the only way, truth, and life. It is in Jesus, our faith in Jesus, where everything flows. We have an opportunity to add to our faith, build upon our most holy faith, and grow in faith. That is my goal, to grow in faith. Thank you for tuning in to Faith Builder today. If you are blessed, subscribe to the podcast, share it with others, and consider rating our podcast. This will help us reach further than we could by ourselves. Your help in this is deeply appreciated. Faith Builder. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God.